welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. Today I have with me Taryn, who I'm very excited about because we're going to be talking all things mum guilt. And I know that it's something that no matter who you are, where you are in your, probably your parenting journey, you've experienced guilt along the way in some shape or form. And it's something that really I know in my experience really hit me like a bit of a semi trailer of, Oh my God, this guilt. Uh, it's not something I really prepared for and nor did I actually know necessarily how to manage it either. So welcome Taryn. Hi, thanks for having me. Why don't we kick it off and how would you best describe yourself? How would I best describe myself? Okay. I'm definitely a country girl at heart and I'm an extroverted introvert. I do not like people very much. Uh, well, not that I don't like people. I get very overwhelmed by groups. Um, however, I'm like incredibly confident and outspoken when it comes to being online and in like one-on-one or small groups, which is really, really nice. But yeah, put me in a group more than five or six people and I'm, I just become this shell of myself, (laughs) but definitely a country girl grew up in Tassie, and am now living in the big smoke and it's definitely a uh, a culture shock. I can imagine going from Tassie to Sydney would be yeah quite quite a bit of a change. So yeah. what's been your career pathway to date and I guess what took you from Tassie to Sydney? Well uh, so when I was younger my parents separated and I lived with my dad for a really long time and then I kind of got to that 15 years old and started becoming a woman, uh, I suppose for lack of better terms. And I just really needed my mom and she was living up in Sydney. So I moved up here. So I've been in Sydney for 15 years now and that's what brought me to Sydney. So Uh, my career to date is interesting, uh, and long I've been, I was in hospitality for 11 years and obtained my first management position at 17 years old, uh, and was managing men in their thirties. So that was, that was a challenge. And then I studied to become a beauty therapist. I did not particularly like the trade, Um, but it piqued my interest in aromatherapy. So I became a qualified aromatherapist and built an e-commerce business, which I ran for about four and a half years, built that to be quite successful before closing it down a couple of years ago. And yeah, now I am, now I am doing sleep consulting, uh, in the interim, I was a business coach marketing, uh, specializing in social media marketing. So I've had a career that's been all over the place, but exciting nonetheless. It's definitely very varied from, yeah, hospitality to beauty therapy, having your own businesses, I would say plural, and, and now mm. in, the, uh, in the sleep consulting space. It's, it's definitely varied. And, and what's really helped you throughout that journey? I guess I've just always been super motivated and super determined to kind of do things on my own. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's any one real thing. I've always been very focused on my own mindset. I have always read a lot of books. I've always done a lot of work when it comes to my mindset, overcoming limiting beliefs and all of that kind of thing. So I guess to the core of me from day one, I always believed that I was capable of more and bigger things. And I guess that comes a little bit from my family history. My grandfather was a businessman and I definitely just 
took on his genes, I think. It's always good to have those those role models um, to keep us going and, and definitely mindset uh, is a big part of it. And when we talk about mindset, um, as what we said uh, I said in the outset today was going to be around mum guilt and that's the topic obviously as well you're, you're very passionate about. And we know that becoming a mum is a huge life change and it does changes on many levels and even in mindset as well as what you've just spoken about. And the person we were pre-kids is naturally, of course, a very different to the one that we become when we become a mum. And it's a common occurrence that we lose that sense of ourself and why do you think that women lose that sense of self when they become a mum? So I, I really believe that it's a matter of time, I guess. We don't have, we don't prioritise time for ourselves or we don't have enough available to us. But it's amazing really what just five minutes a day focused on yourself can really do. And you can do that from day one. You really, really can but it's just a matter of prioritizing it. And I think that that is a big contributing factor into why women do tend to lose themselves when they become mums, because they actually lose touch with themselves. They, they don't have that form of self care or that relationship with themselves anymore because they are solely focused on this new little human that they've got to raise. And of course that's totally acceptable and totally okay and totally normal by just having five minutes to yourself to make a cup of tea and do some journaling or have a shower. And I know that's something that so many mums are like, oh, I don't have time to shower. Like make time to shower, make your husband or your partner or your friend or your neighbor come and watch the baby for five minutes just so you can have that, that moment to go, okay, I am still who I am. I am a mum as well, but I am still who I am. It definitely is there. I know that you... Yeah, you put everyone else before yourself. You're putting your your children, the husband, the dog. I know at the morning sometimes I'm like, right, is my son fed? My husband will obviously get his own breakfast. And then I'm like, all right, the dog's fed. And I'm like, okay, everyone's fed. Now I can have some time for me and and, and that. But it's amazing that mindset shift um, that does happen as a mum. I don't know if it's also society's influences of saying, oh, you've got to put yourself, everyone else before yourself. Oh, absolutely. And I think when you look back at like what our grandparents did, uh, they were stay at home moms. Their sole role in life was to tend to the family. And so I guess we kind of inherit a lot of those, those beliefs. So when we start to do things for ourselves, it's kind of like, Oh, I'm breaking the mold. I'm, you know, the first one in my family who's not completely focused on my child. I'm a really bad person. You start to get all of these like really awful thoughts because you, you look back in time and go, okay, well, you know, my nan never had a job. All she did was look after her kids and then the grandkids and her husband. And, you know, it was her job to cook and clean and and do this. And it's just, it's a very different time these days, but we still hold on to uh, those beliefs we had growing up and those experiences we had growing up. So I guess it's a little bit as well about unraveling some of those stereotypes and saying and forming this new identity of, right, I want to be a mum, but also I want something for myself and I also want a career. And really, I guess, forming your own mental model about for yourself what that looks like and really demystifying it for you and your tribe and then others that may have another opinion on it. Um to, so we are losing some of those shackles of, say, our grandparents and our great-grandparents. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And identity shift is really a, a big thing. And I know from a personal experience, uh, my son was in the special care nursery for eight days after he was born, just because he was so small. And I had to call the nursery up one time because they were sort of saying, whereabouts are you? Because we were commuting back and forth from home because um, we already gone home by that stage. And I rang and they're like, oh, hi, you know, the nursery. And they said, oh, who are you? And I said, oh, Karina O'Brien. They're going, no, who's your son, who's your child? And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm Patrick's mum. And they were like, oh, okay. And it was a real shift. And I remember, I still to this day can remember where I was. I was on the phone and driving to the hospital. And I said to my husband who was driving, I said, I'm no longer Karina, I'm Patrick's mum. And and this identity shift. And really, I know that, yeah, we go through this and it's a very sudden change of you're no longer just you, but this other identity that comes with it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge, huge shift. How do you think that we can prepare ourselves for that change? So, I mean, I'll share a little personal thing um, that was more helpful for me going into becoming a mum. So I chose to not announce my pregnancy no one except for my immediate family really knew that I was pregnant. And even still after I had the baby, it wasn't announced publicly until she was four, four months old. So it was for me, it really gave me that opportunity to internalize the changes that were happening and internalize uh, what was going on without an outsider's opinion. I think that when we, publicize what's going on in our lives we are open to ridicule we're also open to other people's opinions and ideas and suggestions that may not necessarily suit us um, or work for us or it may not necessarily be what we want but we feel like we don't have the power to say oh actually no that's not for me so we just kind of take all of these different ideas and stuff on board and it can really throw us for six so what I found really, really impactful in my life was to be able to go and I guess I kind of got my story straight before I really announced what was going on in my life. It's, yeah, by the way, I've spent the last year being a mum. So I considered myself a mum when she was in my stomach still. And I think having that um, mindset early on before the baby actually arrives can have a really big impact on how you transition through into becoming a mum, essentially. So that's definitely not for everyone. I certainly got a lot of ridicule over it. Like, oh, how come you're not announcing it? How come you haven't put it on Facebook? How, how come you haven't put it on social media? Um, what's your baby's name and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, well, it's not really any of your business. This is a really personal journey for me. And I'm choosing to do it on my own terms and how I birth, how I be pregnant, how I raise my child actually doesn't, it shouldn't matter to you, you know, from like those outsiders perspectives. So that's something that I would really recommend. Well, I know a lot of people are very excited about their pregnancy and their birth and they want to share that on social media. That's perfectly fine. But something I would recommend is before doing so, getting really clear on how you want to respond to people when they are giving you those solicited opinions and that solicited unsolicited advice. You go, oh, that's great. I'm really glad that worked for you. 
but I think we're going to do things a little bit differently or, you know, just something that you, you really want to be able to acknowledge people's experiences, but also say, well, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. And I don't want your opinions. Uh, so just find a sentence or something like that, that you can respond to people uh, because when you start to take on all of these other people's ideas, it can become really overwhelming. And then you start to feel like you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are as a mom. You don't know who you are as a pregnant person. You don't know, uh, you don't really know what to do with yourself because you've got all of this conflicting advice coming your way and it can be a lot. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. Actually, we've never actually publicly said uh, that even my son was born on Facebook or like on social media. Um, people now know that he, we have a child, but we never announced at any point that he was even born um, because mm-hmm. my husband is very anti-social media and completely not on it. And so he, he actually said, no, I don't want him to have a social profile, any photos or anything like that. He's there's not a single photo, particularly he's got his head or anything. It might be a back of, of my husband and uh, my son walking, but that's it. Yeah, he was, it was very much kept off Facebook. So I, I fully, uh, you know, endorse that. But it's, as again, it's a very, it's a very um, individual choice. Now, I think as what you said, everyone has a different way of parenting. I remember going through a, when we were pregnant with our first child, people were like, you get all the advice. And, and some we were like, okay, that's nice knew straight away we weren't going to follow that advice but we took I took little bits from different people but I wouldn't say that I took everything from just one person and even still to this day in parenting two and a half years later take it from different people but we also make it our own as well absolutely 100% and I think also what I think there's definitely a, a theme here around it's that mindset about what you want to do for your family and what your family decisions are and what 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 might work for you doesn't necessarily it's going to mean to work for everyone either that's exactly right in that how do you think that we've gone through these changes we've become a mum, given birth we've got all this solicited and unsolicited advice how do you think that we can find and regain ourselves again after becoming a mum? Because there's so much change that happens and as what we said a little while ago there's this identity shift how can we get our sense of self back uh, after that, really that cloud of newbornness, I would call it? Yeah, absolutely. So I would definitely recommend taking some time for yourself. And if that's five minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever you can get your hands on, take advantage of it as frequently as possible because creating that connection to yourself is really going to help you maintain that identity. So if you had an interest or you had an obby, a hobby prior to having the baby, maybe you like painting, maybe you like drawing. For me personally, it's journaling and reading. If you can just grab five or 10 minutes to yourself where you can pick up a pen and do some doodling on a page or you know, read a chapter of a book or do some journaling or some artwork, whatever it is that you were interested in prior to becoming a mom, try your very best to keep that integrated into your life because that's going to help you hold on to that, to, to that idea of who you are and who you were prior to becoming a mum. So it is going to help that transition a lot. It's not going to feel like such a shock to the system because all of a sudden you've gone from this person that you were and all of the things that you did 
to all of a sudden not doing or having any of those things. So I think that it's like quitting smoking cold turkey. You go crazy. Maintaining as much as you possibly can from your life prior to having baby is really important. And even if it's only five or 10 minutes a day, it is going to make a big impact. What's some steps that you can do to really maybe reflect on what's important to you and making that transition? So before you have a baby, because when we're pregnant and particularly towards those end stages, we're so focused on really that birthing period. And we don't think too much after that, but really there should be more focus, I believe on the aftermath because really giving birth is a short, relatively short period of time compared to the grand scheme of things of motherhood. Um, So what, what do you think about of like preparing yourself before you give birth about just some hints and tips of, so you don't lose yourself completely. Um, and also being aware of this change that's about to come. Mm. Lean on other people as much as you possibly can. So, um, your husband, your partner, if you've got other people living in your home, if you can lean on the people around you, even if it is only for half an hour, uh, and trust that they're going to do the right thing. It's really easy for, for us to get help and then hover we like you get you get someone to come over and look after the baby but then you hover around and you go oh you know do this and do that and do this and just just trust them uh just do your best and trust them and prioritize yourself in that moment um so yeah definitely leaning on your community is a big one but as far as preparing yourself are we talking like mentally or physical things that you could do both i'd say So for me, a big one was journaling and I'd be more than happy to put some journal prompts together for your audience if you're interested in that. Uh, Journaling was a big one for me to kind of figure out what I wanted my life to look like once the baby was here, uh, what kind of mother I wanted to be. And I know journaling is not necessarily for everyone, but it's been a huge part of my life. So it's definitely been beneficial for me. Also, just making sure that you've got things available to you once the baby has arrived. So if you've got a little box and you could just write on your box that says, you know, you know, your self-care box or whatever it is. And inside that box, you've got your favorite tea bags or you've got your art, art stuff, or you've got your journal and your notebook, your journal and your pen, or you've got your favorite books or whatever. And that little box is just your little box. And every time you get a moment to yourself, you go to that box and you go, okay, well, this is what I'm going to focus on right now. And just having, knowing where it is and then you don't have to kind of go, oh, well, before I do this, I've got to do the dishes and I've got to make a bottle and I've got to do this and I'm going to have a shower and I'm going to do this. It's like, well, no, I've got half an hour available to myself. I'm going to go to that box and I'm going to just sit down and focus on me for half an hour. Your husband can do the dishes. Your mother-in-law can make the bottles. You know, you can have a shower. I mean, have a shower. If you've got an opportunity to have a shower, have a shower because that's going to make you feel amazing as well. But yeah, I'd really recommend journaling and figuring out what it is that you want your life to look like once baby has arrived and what kind of mum you want to be. That was a really big thing. So what, what is your vision essentially for being a mum? And what did you, what are some, as part of that journaling process, how did you come up with a vision for yourself on how you wanted to be a mum? I guess I kind of looked at what I wanted the next five years to look like. So um, if I thought in advance in five years time, my child's going to be ready to, you know, getting towards school age. 
So in that, in the meantime, what did I want my life to look like? I wanted to be a role model for my daughter. I want to show her good work ethic. I wanted to be present for her. I wanted to spend quality time with her and it wasn't about quantity. That's something I wanted to, to bring up as well, that if you can spend 10 minutes of super high quality time with no distractions with your child, it is far better than spending eight hours with you on your phone, doing dishes, running around the house and just being in the same room as them. Children do not have any concept of time. They do have a total concept of quality though. So I looked at what I wanted my next five years to look like and how I wanted to spend that time. And for me, a part of that was included work. I wanted to go back to work in some capacity and whether that was five hours a week or five hours a day, it doesn't really matter. I wanted work to be a part of my life because I want my daughter to have a good work ethic. I want my daughter to know that if they're determined and focused, they can have whatever they want. I want them to, to see that if you, if you work hard and you dream big, everything is totally possible, but you have to do the work. Like things aren't just going to come to you. I didn't want my daughter to see me sitting around for five years and then wondering why I've got no money and um, you know, and that kind of thing. And so I, I'm integrating that into her life from the get go. She sees like, she's only six months old, but she sees her mama working and, you know, I'm getting things done at the same time. I'm wearing her, I'm sitting next to her. She's on my lap while I'm typing things out. You know, she's, she's very much involved in my personal growth as a woman and as a mother. And she's teaching me so many new things every day. Gosh, like, learning how to prioritize or oh, it's a whole new ball game. Now you've got babies. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, I actually did a post recently on Instagram where I did, I, I said, my son is teaching me so much. Um, he had a little bit of trepidation about going down this quite a large slide, mind you. Um, but this little boy after about 30 minutes, just gave him a push and I almost just lost. I was like, Oh no, like if I knew the child, I probably would have said something, but I didn't. I thought, no. Um, and I was terrified. I thought, oh, no, my son's going to get to the bottom and be crying or something like that. Turns out he is a bit of an adrenaline junkie and got to the bottom. And the first thing he said was, more. And, and it was one of those things of, yeah, he did teach me so much um, as a mum of, you know, and they do every day. And, yeah. and I think also to your point around, quality over quantity I'm I'm the same as you I think that I'm definitely a far better mother by working and I know that the days that where it's uh just my son and I together I'm definitely a lot more present because of you know saying right for the last three days I've hardly seen you and then for you know for the days that we have one-on-one it's definitely about that quality over quantity 100% definitely uh support that one big time and how have you managed like, you know, and managing some of the mum guilt? Um, and I love this quote by Annabelle Crabb that the obligation for working mothers is a very precise one. The feeling that one ought to work as if one did not have children while wait, raising one's children as if one did not have a job. I love it because I think it really summarizes a working mum's dilemma. (laughs) Absolutely. How are you managing mum guilt at the moment? Honestly, this might be a bit of an unpopular opinion, but I believe we choose guilt. 
we choose to feel guilty or you can choose to feel empowered. Now, this comes from my long history of mindset work, but we get to choose how we feel. And it it totally depends on your perspective. You can look at it as I feel guilty for not spending time with my child, or you can look at it and feel empowered because you know that the time you are spending with them is really high quality. So you can choose to feel empowered and do your work. It is like totally okay. And it does, it comes down to a choice, but then again, you've got all of those uh, conflicting advice and opinions coming towards you that are like, well, you should be a stay at home mom and you should be this and you should be that. Um, And then also flip the coin and you've got people when you're going back to work, how long are you going on maternity leave for? And it's just, it can leave us feeling stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I totally understand that. So I really do believe that guilt is a choice and we can choose otherwise. And that doesn't take away from the fact that you miss your child when you go to work. And it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, um, they might be doing something and you're missing out on it. There's like, there's no denying that that's a reality, but at the end of the day, you can, you can look at it from a perspective of by me going to work, I'm empowering myself, but I'm also empowering my child to believe that they can do whatever they want. Um, and when someone says to you, Oh, how come you're back at work or how come you want to go back to work or why do you want to work? And all of this kind of stuff that comes at you, you can, you can literally just say to them because I want my child to grow up knowing that if they work hard, they can achieve whatever they want. And most people are going to go, oh, and they're not going to say anything else. <laughs> they're not going to come back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I'm, I'm empowering my child to believe that they can be, do and have whatever they want. I think that's an amazing, yeah, just response and, and actually, of yeah, really changing that paradigm and I guess some of those um, mindset shift and the stories that we're telling ourselves that we should feel guilty because that's what society is telling us to do when really, as you say, there's so much to be empowered by, not only for ourselves, but our partner or husband and even our children. Mm -hmm. And you can also look at it as if you're, if you're working and depending on what your work arrangement is, you're also giving your partner or other family members an opportunity to really bond with your child when you're not around. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I can't tell you the amount of dads that go, well, for the first year or two, I didn't really have much to do with my baby because I always went to work and, you know, they didn't do anything. They just kind of rolled around on the floor and, you know, like, you know, by me working, my husband gets to have amazing, really high quality time with our daughter. And it's beautiful. Like now I'm at my in-laws house And they get to spend an hour of that really high quality time with her, which they wouldn't otherwise get. So it's all perspective. It's all the way you look at it. You can choose guilt or you can choose joy. And what can we do to like make a transition? I guess, I don't know if you can go from, right, I'm not feeling guilty. I'm going to feel empowered and really going through a bit of a journey because it is, it is a mindset shift that you will need to, I guess, slowly not only change your mind, but also the perceptions of others at the same time. Because when I went to the working mama community around this topic around mum guilt, one person actually came back and said, from a personal experience, I have certainly been questioned by some people close to me and made to feel selfish for f- following 
passions and striving for more rather than focusing solely on my family. Can't we do both? And I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of women and probably a very strong percentage of women that have had this response from others Mm -hmm. at some point along their journey. So, and again, I'm going to come back to journaling and I, I think that by me talking about this quite repetitively, to be honest, uh, you can see how impactful and empower and empowering it can be to journal. Really asking yourself those questions. Behave like a two-year-old. So why do I feel guilty? And then whatever comes to mind, write it down and then go, okay, but why? And you'll really eventually get deeper and deeper and deeper. Sometimes I'll write 30 pages of why. Why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? And also, why does it matter to me what other people think? Because we do not have the power to change other people's thoughts and beliefs. We can lead by example and we can stand up for ourselves and stand up for what we believe in, but we can't change what other people think and believe. So, we have to, from that perspective, we have to really understand why it even matters what they think and what they believe. Like, why does that matter to us? Why is that so important? Why does that affect me so dramatically? What can I do about it? How, what, uh, what can I say in response to that? And having those being armed, I guess, with responses to people who say things that maybe make you feel guilty or make you feel a bit rubbish about yourself and what you're doing what kind of response can you give them? And for me, a big one is definitely I'm showing Delilah that she can be, do and have whatever she wants. And if she, if she, if she has big dreams, she can chase them. So, you know, that's, and most people don't have a comeback for that and it ends the conversation, but it's also being kind. It's not me saying to, to them, Oh, well, no, you're stupid or I don't like that or shutting them down. It's just going, okay, that's your belief and this is mine. They're different and that's fine. And I think especially when people are close to you, family members, close friends and that kind of thing who have a difference of opinion, making sure that you acknowledge what they are saying and just um, making a point, making your own point uh, without shutting them down is really important because you don't, I mean, you've probably been offended by what they've said, but you don't want to necessarily offend them in return by making them feel like, what they think and what they believe isn't good enough because that doesn't feel nice. So yeah, just being armed with responses and doing some journaling and deep diving into why you think, feel and believe all of the things that you think, feel and believe, especially when it comes to guilt. I think it's a great way. Um, Sorry, I'm just writing notes here for my own self as well. Uh, (laughs) It's very much around. Yeah. That, that why question really coming back into and I guess is that's a journaling technique that you use I know there's the philosophy around the five whys and to help you get deeper uh and so then you're really then sure and setting yourself and knowing really your purpose and your why of you're doing something so then you feel confident to be able to then share that message with others as well yeah, absolutely. Another thing I definitely recommend as well is listening to different audiobooks because audiobooks, realistically, they're much easier to consume as a mum. You can put them on while you're pottering around the house and whatever. So, a couple of audiobooks that I do recommend is Your Erroneous Zones by Dr. Wayne Dyer and also The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I'll be happy to write those down for you so that you can share them with your community because they were really big ones around 
um, understanding my beliefs and what's holding me back in my life, in my career, in my dreams, goals, and all of that kind of thing. But it also, your erroneous zone specifically really helped me to understand that we have control of our own thoughts and emotions and that what other people do and say doesn't actually, it shouldn't impact us. So those are two really, really powerful books that I think has definitely helped my shift into becoming a mother. I think it's powerful. I'm also a big fan of uh, the Simon Sinek. It's the the golden circle of the why. Yeah, and for me, it's absolutely. a 15 minute Ted talk and we'll put all these links in the show notes. And I really love that even from a business perspective and a personal perspective of actually, and he famously says, it's not what you do, but why. And I, and I love it because it's, you know, why do I want to be a mum? Why do I want to work? I know my why and how and what I do is, is obviously there, but yeah, why is I, for me in the business world, it's definitely come into its own in probably the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and really understanding your purpose, but yeah, you're right. As a mum, it's so important on knowing your why, but also think, feeling, believing, uh, and really why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that actual, the Ted talk is incredible, but the whole book is amazing and really he's very easy to listen to. Um, his audio book is very easy to listen to know your why or start with why. Yeah. Start it, with why. Yes. Yeah. It is such a powerful book and I'm really glad you brought that up because there are so many, there are so many journaling tangents that I've gone off on through uh, reading that book. It's, it's bloody powerful. So really uh, today of overcoming mum guilt of what you've said is really about knowing yourself and having the confidence in what you're doing is best for you and your family and almost blocking out some of that noise. Mm-hmm. Do you have some tips and even experience around when there's others tried to influence who you are, but going, nope, I'm staying in my lane and I'm just going to do what is good for me and my family? Yeah. So again, uh, just being kind of prepared with some responses based on some things that have you've already experienced that have come your way. So as an example, if uh, someone said, oh, you know, how come you're going back to work so soon or whatever, just having a stock standard response ready for people when they ask that question, uh, knowing very clearly why you are doing what you're doing so that when you do respond, you're responding with confidence and not oh, you know, because we're, you know, oh, maybe we need a bit more money and blah. Like you don't want to feel or sound meek or weak in your responses. I'm going back to work because I really love it. And that's all you really have to say. Um, I'm going back to work because it empowers me. And you shouldn't feel bad. That's right. That's exactly right. You shouldn't feel bad by going, oh, we're going back to work. I'm like, fathers go back to work after only a couple of weeks. Yep. Are they feeling guilty? Uh, exactly. They're not. That's exactly, that's exactly it. So yeah, just having some responses ready, available to you so that you can respond with that confidence because responding with confidence is going to make people go, oh, okay, well, I don't need to question her on that. And that's a big thing. Because another way, yeah. If you are. Yeah, because otherwise doubt will get in. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So if you're responding with this kind of meek, like this meekness about you, people are going to then question you and go, oh, yeah, but 
you know, shouldn't you be at home with your baby? And then you go, oh, yeah, but, you know. And then it's all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm a bad mom. And that's that's exactly right. That's when the doubt starts to creep in. But if you can respond with confidence, nine times out of ten, the conversation will end there. And that's what you want. And it's not shutting other people down. So you're not making other people feel like crap either. Sorry for the language. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. But yeah, it's really about you knowing yourself, your purpose, your why, so you can come back to people. Because mm-hmm. you will naturally get into that spiral of self-doubt and going, oh, no, should I be really doing mm-hmm. this? Others aren't. And if you look to others of, oh, well, they're only working maybe one or two days a week or they're not working at all, maybe I should be doing that. It'll That self-doubt will naturally creep in Mm -hmm. because of the stories and our inner voice telling us something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is there anything else you want to add around identity shift and managing mum guilt that you think that's worked for you and and through your experiences? Um, Probably one big thing is just be a role model for your child. Like who, who do you wish you had when you were growing up and be that person for your child? So if you wish you had, um, you know, a mom with big dreams and goals and followed their passion and that kind of thing, then be that for your child. So, you know, yeah, being the role model, that's a really, really big one for me. Uh, I know my mom, she's a wonderful, wonderful mom, but she is very, very focused on us as children. And it wasn't until I was probably 14 or 15 that my mum really got a job or not a job. She had little jobs here and there, but it was only one or two days a week here and there to help other people out. It was never her career. It was never her focus. And now she's got this really high powered job in, in the government and she's absolutely amazing. And she's so driven and so passionate and so inspired and she loves her work every single day. And seeing that in her, I wish I saw it so much sooner. I would have been like, I, I don't know. It, it gives me a sense of pride to see my mum where she is now. And I wish that she had that for herself earlier. I wish that she felt confident enough to go after her dreams and her goals when we were younger, because it would have inspired my brother and I as well to, to really kind of take hold of our dreams and chase them. So uh, think, yeah, think about who you wanted to be in your life when you were a child and really give that, give that to your children. Yeah. And that role model, that's such a special thing to say about your yeah. mom, about really how she's come into her own mm. um, by the sounds of it in later life yeah. um, than early years of being a mother, but congratulations to her and all kudos to her. Cause not everyone does that. And that's amazing that she's now being that role model to really inspire you still even in this day absolutely she's she's I'm so proud of her and she has so many limiting beliefs and so many mindset issues that hold her back because she spent so long feeling like it was you know kind of wrong to want more and yeah now now she's just overcoming them and she's just impressing me every day she's the best That's amazing. And I think on that as well, it is those limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves. But as you said early on, there's nothing to stop us from chasing our dreams. And every every person's going to have a different dream and a different lifestyle goal. But 
the only thing that's stopping us is our own stories that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. And yeah, the book that I mentioned earlier, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, that's a really big one when it comes to limiting beliefs and changing uh, changing those beliefs and thought patterns that we naturally inherit from our family and our stories and that kind of thing. So really, really good one to read for especially women who are wanting to go back to work or who are working. It's really, really cool. Because as what we're saying, you can have both and you don't have to choose one or the other. It's not necessarily a choice. Mm -hmm. It's something that we should feel empowered to do so. And I know there's been a lot of talk this week, uh, we're recording at the week of the budget, about even childcare subsidies and things like that to help kickstart the economy about helping women get back to work. And yeah, it's not about a choice. It's, um, it's as what you said, you know, it should be empowered Mm -hmm. to, to give both men and women the choice if they wish to follow their dreams and follow their career aspirations and have both. Absolutely. And it's totally possible to have both. Yeah. There's a, there's a harmony and a balance that has to come into play, but there is no reason why you can't have it all. No, and I definitely know, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm a better mum, partner, everything by working because I'm, you know, work is part of my own self-care. I've got that mental stimulation, mm-hmm. but I also now enjoy the time that I have with my son because I knew I was taking it for granted when I, just before I went back to mat leave and I was very conscious. I was like, oh, geez, I was taking this for granted. Mm-hmm. So you can have both mamas. If you're listening, take this episode as it's the mindset shift. It's about knowing your why silencing those inner voices start journaling as Taryn has said and so Taryn what do you do for self-care what do I do for self-care ah I give you one guess journaling (laughs) journaling a nice cup of tea or coffee although I am on a bit of a 30-day cleanse at the moment so I'm avoiding coffee but I have been having my teas so um yeah journaling tea reading and just a really, really long, hot shower is so nice. And to be able to blow dry my hair, like that's a big one. My, like, I, I like to be able to have a nice long, hot shower, but I like to be able to blow dry my hair once I get out of the shower too. So that's, that's a big one. There's some, there's some little self-care things that I do for myself and I've tried to do since day one as well. And yeah, sure. There are days as a mum where you're just like, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm just going to go to bed with wet hair. Like it just is what it is. But yeah, doing just the little things for yourself is going to make a big, big difference. Oh, that's such great advice. And so finally, how can people connect with you further? So I spent most of my time on Instagram at the Motherload Society and my website website is themotherloadsociety.com. However, my domain is currently down. I'm trying to sort that out this week. But Instagram is definitely my favorite place to hang out. You can also find me on Facebook at the Motherload Society as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for the chat today, Taryn. I know that I've definitely changed my mindset and uh, certainly helps with the working mum guilt is a topic that I know that we all experience uh, in different stages. But as you said, it's about knowing your why, know your purpose, and, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty for working and you can have both. Um, so really, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a great chat and uh, look forward to seeing your journey continue. Great. Thank you so much, Karina. I've really enjoyed today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. 
I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.